Welcome to episode five of the podcast, Unexpected Answers, brought to you by Golden Dental Solutions out of Golden, Colorado. Hi, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about being uncomfortably numb, or maybe we should call it comfortably numb, because when you're numb, you're comfortable. Well, ideally, <laughs> ideally, you're actually numb and actually comfortable, but <laughs> anyways, however you want to look at it, it can be a crapshoot. Yeah. So as a dentist, obviously, we meet all sorts of people. And it's really sad because we get a really bad reputation, mostly because people just hate coming to us because it's uncomfortable. The noises, the feelings, the sensations, no one likes it. Um, any, any movie that's out there when they want a villain, who is it? dentist i mean like steve martin little shop of horrors i mean (laughs) does this scare you (laughs) it's so sad but after talking to um tens of thousands of people there are two things basically that make them freaked out about the dentist tens of thousands i think i've seen a lot of people over the last 15 years yeah yeah i I never counted but i'm just guessing yeah um but number one is they hate the noise so we have noise canceling headphones and a lot of people bring earbuds or whatever it is, but it does help a lot. And if that's their only issue, we can get through that pretty easily. But the other thing is, is being drilled on when they weren't numb. We hear horror stories about people getting their wisdom teeth extracted and the knee was on their chest and they were pulling and yanking. We hear people that they told the dentist to stop and they didn't. Um, this is like huge violations of trust with a person who is in a trusted position, which is really difficult to handle. So we deal with a lot of this. So today we're going to talk about how do we get numb, how do we stay numb, and tricks of the trade. Yeah. And just to be clear about what Nance was saying, she wasn't saying that she's done any of that. Just that patients have expressed (laughs) dismay about other dentists, maybe in their past. Right. Maybe some decades ago that may have tried some other things that were not so... Exactly. There is an art to getting people numb. So definitely you have to go to someone who knows the anatomy of the mouth because quite frankly, I have worked on people before that say, sorry, I've been going to this dentist my whole life. He's never able to get me numb or she's never able to get me numb or I was unnumb when I was having this procedure. And then we try and boom, they're numb within a minute. So those really aren't the people we're talking about because that is just bad anatomy. That's just not knowing where to aim the needle and where to go. Like maybe it, maybe somebody else tried to get them numb and thought they got the right spot. Right, over and over and over again to the same spot and just wasn't the right spot. So how big of a spot are you aiming for when you're trying to get somebody numb? Ooh, good question. Hmm. Um, I'd say it's about a three millimeter in diameter space so let's see what would be three millimeters in diameter like pinch your two fingers together with your index finger and your thumb and then separate slightly (laughs) (laughs) that's three millimeters i think that's the um technical term is a teeny weeny little little spot (laughs) it's small the good news is is that when you work on a top tooth it's fairly easy to get someone numb the focus point is very very small there's not a lot of muscle up there so it's not in the way The nerve is very present. It's right underneath the tissue. So most people find that they're numb within a couple of minutes up there. And very, very rarely do people have an incident with getting them on the top. So maybe you want to tell people about anatomy of the the nerves. Yeah. 
um, and what you know, sort of what you're shooting for at the top versus the bottom and how that even works. Good idea. So there is a main nerve. It's the trigeminal nerve. And that is the nerve that we're numbing when we go to look at um, at the lower jaw, basically. Um, there's V1, V2, V3. V1 goes to the eye. V2 goes to the upper jaw. V3 goes to the lower jaw. It is starts in behind the ear. So sometimes even when people have an infection in one of their teeth, they'll feel ear pain. And that's why is because that nerve is being stimulated. It starts way back behind the ear. As it comes down and as it branches off, it goes into three sections. So sometimes people will also feel eye numbness if they really get the top of the chain. And if that person's anatomy has the chain really close together up at the top, they'll feel numbness in their top, their bottom and their eye if you hit it at the top of the branch. So imagine a tree trunk coming down the side of your face. It branches off, um, like I said, eye, top jaw, bottom jaw. As we're doing the top jaw, the top jaw, the middle chain goes and it basically branches off into each individual tooth in three different branches, the posterior, the middle, and then the anterior. So from there, those little tiny branches go into the tooth and boom, we hit it, patient's numb within a couple of minutes. Bottom, a little bit more complicated. It is the lower um, branch, and it's called the trigeminal nerve. And we're trying to hit it at its beginning because then that too branches off. But it branches off into the tongue nerve and the tissue nerve. And I'm not going to name all the technical names. That's not important. But um, there's lots of little tiny branches that it branches off into. But we're trying to hit all of them at the same time because we want all of those things to be numb when the person has really profound anesthesia and so when you're you're going to the bottom you go to like a further back in the mouth and then right. it numbs the whole bottom exactly. on one half of the face right? exactly so people typically when our signs that we look for are is your tongue so say we're numbing the right side is the tongue on the right side numb is the lip on the right side numb are you feeling fuzziness in the chin on the right side all of those things because if we're aiming in the back and it hits those things in the front we know we have everything numb in between so that's kind of our sign to check for. So that's something that you can look for. The other thing is, is if you're working on a tooth in the front, so one of the front six teeth, you can do that same injection that you do on the top, kind of like a little bit right in front of the tooth, and it'll work for those lower teeth. They always have really little nerves. And, but then we don't have our cheek muscle in the way, right? We don't have our cheek muscle. We don't have the buccinator, the masseter muscle, our really thick muscles right there. We don't have all that in the way. So if we're working on one of the lower front six teeth, again, really easy. So when we're talking about the numbness, it's usually on a lower molar where it gets a little complicated. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then even in more complicated cases, and we're going to have a story for you later, <laughs> uh, y you may have to try to numb somewhere back closer to the ear, numb somebody's entire mouth. Right. This is right. one of Dave's favorite stories, which is the reason why we're doing this podcast is because Dave really wanted to share this story I wanted to share with this the story. world. And we will get to it. It's, it's priceless. Don't <laughs> don't worry. We won't make you wait too long. We want to get to some other interesting things first. But <laughs> right. um, being married to a dentist is, dentist is kind of interesting sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about numbness, so we talked about anatomy. The other thing we have to think about is acidity. And this is... If there is one pearl or one gem from this podcast, it is this. And this is our secret thing in our office. And yes, a lot of other dentists know about it, but not enough. <laughs> I think that dentists should be listening to this podcast as well. Things that make your body acidic. So a huge one right now 
I know so many people that take emergency. I mean, the girls in our office have it in the back like office. Those little, those little powder drinks. Yeah. It's a, it's huge amounts of vitamin C. You put it in the pat and the little cup of water. It dissolves, and you drink it. It's supposed to strengthen your immune system. Gives you kind of that extra boost. That is very, very acidic. Obviously, it's ascorbic acid, and acid is in the name. The other thing that can be really acidic in our bodies is infection. So if we have an infection in a tooth, if we have an infection in any part of the body, that can make our acidic pH of our bodies. Um, and then the other thing is we can get lactic acid. So if you're a huge runner, if, you're, if you work out all the time and you build up a lot of ax, um, lactic acid, if you clench your teeth, if you grind your teeth at night, you can build up a lot of lactic acid in the mouth. And so those types of things make our body acidic and our anesthetics do not like acidity. They like our bodies to be as close to neutral as possible. So our bodies are typically at a seven pH, which is completely even, you know, zero is, I don't know, actually, I don't think battery acid is zero, but I think it's close to zero. And then really, really basic is, is 14. So we're looking at those ranges. So the lower the number, the higher the acidity, the higher the number, the lower acidity, and the more basic. So we want a basic body when we're anesthetizing. So in saying that, before you go to the dentist, you shouldn't be doing emergency. You shouldn't have coffee the morning of your appointment um, or the nights before. You shouldn't drink a lot of beer. You shouldn't drink a lot of wine. All those things make our bodies more acidic and less likely to get to that neutral pH with the anesthetics. So if you want to put your body in the right pH, don't do those things for two days before your appointment. And here's the secret, the secret medicine. Yeah, because you've had people that didn't know that advice. Right. They come in and you try to get them numb and you literally couldn't get them numb? Or it just took a lot more than we had expected. Like they get injected more times? Right. Yeah. And the secret medicine is mm. Tums, an mm. antacid. So um, it's calcium carbonate and it has a pH of about 10. So sometimes we'll give the person chair side, but it's not as effective as if the person did it nights before. So here's your takeaway right here. If you have issues getting numb, you are going to take two Tums two nights before the morning of your appointment. You're going to take it two day or sorry two days before two in the morning two in the evening you're gonna take it the day before your appointment two in the morning two in the evening and then you're gonna take it the morning of your appointment two tablets so ten tablets total some dentists will even recommend three but it's a little overkill we've had tons of success with two with two days before so I say two 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 remember that um, so that will be really, really helpful. You can do any flavor, um, the chewy, the hard ones, um, whichever, whichever you want. They all work the same way, but it is amazing what it will do for our anesthetics. Mm. Um, the other thing we like to talk about when we're talking about anesthetics is the redhead. I have had patients come in and they say, is it real? I'm a redhead. Is it real that I need more anesthetic or is it just this myth that's going around? Like, like people with red hair. Red hair. red hair. Yes. And it is a real thing. And the reason why is because redheads have a mutation on a gene. Um, specifically, I wrote it down because I don't know genetics very well, but it's <laughs> MC1R, the gene MC1R. And good, good old MC1R. <laughs> right. I'll never forget it once now that we said that. So that particular gene actually results in the production of a substance called pheomelanin. And pheomelanin is what 
results in people with red hair. So there's different types of melanin and that particular one makes people have red hair. Um, so that particular gene is also responsible for a lot of pain receptors. So it is very true because of that gene mutation that redheads have a heightened sense of sensitivity. So they feel more, they need more anesthetics to actually get them numb. And they don't really have a problem getting numb, it's just more so that they need more of it. So it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the pH no. part. It's just, right. they have a little more difficulty getting them. Right, exactly. Yeah, so that is a true, real thing. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that when we talk about anesthetics, our anesthetics are acidic in itself. So the anesthetics itself, when we're talking about lidocaine, or um, xylocaine or whatever it may be, they range from 3.3 to 6.8. So obviously, if you have issues, using an anesthetic that has a higher pH, which is closer to the body, may help you as well. And so a lot of dentists don't know that either. They don't really look at the pHs. They know what they do and they know the makeup of them. But lidocaine is pretty acidic. So sometimes when I'm working with someone, I'll give myself a little edge, you know, by giving them a higher pH. I, I like to use carbocaine sometimes. Um, and I'll do that injection first just to kind of give that pH a little boost. And then if I need additional anesthetic after that, I'll use lidocaine after that. But it's a nice little trick as well is to switch the anesthetics and just see if it works better with your body. But um, dentist may have multiple on hand and you can offer that advice if they don't know that already. And let's see. Oh, the other thing I was going to talk about was that there are different... Um, how, do, how would you say companies, I guess, that have created proprietary products. Yes, that have created products using um, sodium bicarbonate, which is basically medical grade baking soda in their actual anesthetics. So I've tried them. I'm like the guinea pig for all I feel. Well, you are too. We'll talk about that. In the <laughs> but <laughs> that makes two of us. Yeah. <laughs> but On Pharma is a company that started to provide sodium bicarbonate for dentists and you would literally inject your carpules with of anesthetic with sodium bicarbonate before you inject the patient so right before you have this really acidic anesthetic you stick some sodium bicarbonate in there and boom all of a sudden it's neutral and it only works for a couple of minutes so you have to be really quick with it and get it in the patient's body but that was one of the products out there for me, I tried it. I didn't have a ton of different success with it um, versus using carbocaine first. And then it, I didn't really notice too much of a difference. But I also didn't really have too much of a problem with getting people numb. But that might be a little bit of an edge for some other, for some, some other people. The other product that was out there was a Nutra. And we actually really liked this for a while until we had someone get anesthesia that didn't go away. And so... Um, that sounds like paralysis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, we had one person and one person's too many. Even though we, we injected thousands of people with that, it was very stressful for the patient. It was very stressful for us. But an injection was given using the Anutra system, which basically does the same thing. It injects sodium bicarb into the carpule right before you use it. It is a big bottle of lidocaine, so it's not in these little tiny carpules. You have to use the Anutra syringe. And then you inject it immediately into the patient. The cool thing was patients get numb in like 10 seconds. Hmm. So you don't, you're hardly pulling out the needle, and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm numb already. And boom, you can start working, which is awesome. That's a huge benefit and a huge time savings for the patient and for us. Because how long does it normally take? 10, 15. 10, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm, to yeah. set in. So we're usually yeah. out doing an exam and waiting, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so that was a huge benefit. But 
Um, it's something about the speed of it and the amount of, it's almost like a shock to the muscle in the area. And it can cause trismus, which is difficulty opening and closing. It can cause um, profound anesthesia. And the person did eventually, I think it took two months for them to get the feeling back, but it lasted two months. So um, we got rid of that, obviously, on that day <laughs> when that happened. That's uh, sometimes the, the way you learn, right? Um, it is, gosh. sadly. And luckily that patient was, was a fabulous patient and a wonderful human being and understood that things can happen when we're trying new things out. But um, just everything's not all it's cracked up to be, I guess, is the moral of that story is you hear, wow, that's amazing. That's so cool. But I mean, everything has its downsides. And every patient's different. Every situation's different. And there's no silver bullet. Right. Exactly. The other cool thing, and I love this trick too, especially with our kiddo, but there is a way to use a laser and anesthetize baby teeth. So kids that need some work on a tooth Mm -hmm. don't like a way that they can avoid getting a shot? They don't need a shot. Because that's, and I think this is great because, you know, a lot of kids get traumatized for life mm-hmm. about the dental office mm-hmm. because having a big needle go into your mouth is kind of scary and yeah. more on that later. Uh, <laughs> and, and hard to unsee that or, you know, it's it, it definitely you... Um, you associate know. it, you right? Associate Every time it. you think about yeah. the dentist and you associate yeah. it with pain of the needle or whatever it may be. Yeah, but, but explain what it is. Yeah. Well, well, basically, we have a diode laser. It works with all different types of lasers, but um, it has to do with the sodium-potassium pump of the, of the nerves. And um, you basically wave the laser over the tooth. And usually for us, it's about a minute to two minutes at a particular wavelength. And literally, it's like Star Wars. I always tell the patient, now I'm just going to get this laser. We can't look at it. We're going to close our eyes. I'm just going to wave it. And then we'll test it just so they know I'm not going to hurt them and that they can trust me with their eyes closed. And then I just wave it for like two minutes. And I'll be like, do you feel anything? Do you feel anything? And sometimes they feel it getting warmer, but they never feel like it's burning or anything like that. And then um, we can go ahead and drill and we get their cavities done. And they're like, is that it? And it's a really cool thing to do for kids. So how long does that numbness last for? It's well, it's so hard to tell because it's on a kid, right? So we know that they're numb, and we know from science that they get numb. But, but just the individual S- tooth is numb. Yeah, I mean, some some documents say thirty minutes. Um, some say like fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. We don't test it. We go really, really fast, <laughs> and we get in and we get out, which we want to do with kids, anyways. Yeah. You don't want to have them hanging out in the chair all day. And you get to say you're using a laser. I think you should uh, Star Wars. Yeah, get a um, like a lightsaber sound, or maybe like the mm. blaster. Mm. That would just kick up the awesomeness even a little higher even though avoiding a needle is pretty awesome by itself right yeah Uh, that's yeah we have to get on the marketing team on that yeah lightsaber (laughs) Mm -hmm. i can make it happen (laughs) okay so let's see other things that we can talk about when we talk about anesthetic um dave loves this story this is oh my gosh this is from (laughs) she 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 has so many stories that are like you couldn't make them up and and she's kind of hesitant to talk about them sometimes but i know stuff that happened with patients this story is probably from like maybe 14 years ago it's a long time ago It it was one of the first years that i was practicing and we had nitrous oxide. Laughing gas. Laughing gas. And it, this particular person came in and he said, I came specifically to you because you have laughing gas. And I said, okay, great. What do you need done? Well, he needed a crown or something that required quite a bit of time. I usually set aside an hour and a half for a crown just because impressions, numbing. We just don't want to be rushed, right? That's kind of a little loose with doing a single crown. Mm-hmm. Well, 
this person should have had about two and a half hours because he wanted to sniff the nitrous oxide nitrous oxide whenever we did anything so he'd be like hold on hold on hold and then he'd be like, <laughs> and he would like, sniff it in. like two or three breaths and then he'd be like okay go ahead and like then he'd, I <laughs> he'd like take a hit of the laughing gas like a big one yeah. Like, how many times do you think you did that? Oh, my gosh. I can't even. To get through the crown prep, like 50. 50 times he put up his finger and said, wait a second. Yeah. And he would just right. just go for it. Right. Yes. In any event, this was very stressful. <laughs> what could have happened to this guy from breathing, like doing that? I mean, nitrous oxide is pretty benign. And mm. we do an oxygen flush at the end. So literally when you leave you know, it's fine. It's a pretty safe gas, but you can't really do too much except for hyperventilate. I mean, if he wasn't breathing at all normal or wasn't getting any oxygen. Yeah. And so, I mean, we were really conservative. We pumped some nitrous, but with a ton of oxygen. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he was getting tons of pure oxygen as well. Yeah. But the, the thing is, is that it was, I mean, honestly, it was just hard. It was just hard to prep yeah. a tooth like that. So when we built the new office, we don't have it. <laughs> Get rid of the laughing for that gas one reason so if you need laughing gas that's one thing but i swear if you go to a dentist that does good anesthetic i swear you'll get through all of your um, issues and all of your anxiety because we have so many patients in our office and i'm always astounded because we've had criers we've had hyperventilators um, we've had panic attacks all sorts of things that happen when people present for the first time for treatment and then down the road, you forget that even happened. And then you think about it when you see that person at one particular point in time. And it's years and years later. And you're like, wow, you've come, come such a long way. You've gotten through your anxiety. And they're like, I love coming here. So it is proof that if you get someone that is really good with it and can really handle it, you don't even need the nitrous oxide. Now, just to just clarify for me, how does laughing gas really work? Because I've never really understood that. You breathe it in and it basically is an analgesic. So it's basically like, oh my gosh, it's a very benign gas that kind of works like Valium. Hmm. I so mean, it's really it, more for anxiety. It's more for anxiety. But you still it have does to, lower blood pressure though too. But you still have to numb somebody. You still have to numb somebody. Yeah, but it's the, not it's not anesthesia where hmm. you're making them forget about everything. It's not like a, a sedative or anything like that. No, hmm. it's just to get you past the anxiety. So um, yeah, it's, it's like Valium. Like you're coherent, you can talk, you can breathe, but it does lower blood pressure. So they did used to use it for people with high blood pressure they'd say well let's do nitrous oxide mm. because they can lower their blood pressure that way so. and for you those of you that might be wondering uh you know thinking back to steve martin and uh little shop of horrors where he, he would wear the tank of the laughing gas and just breathe it in <laughs> while he was doing work on people mm. we've never done that outside of no. business hours never <laughs> no. never just sit there taking hits of it or anything like that <laughs> no i just don't like it i think it's goofy yeah. but anyways i know some people really really live by it and that's okay if that's what you need to get through but i want to give you confidence that if you find the right connection that it can it can work for you without using it 
in lieu of having nitrous oxide, we did need something to calm the patient. And this is going to be a whole other podcast because I am so in love with Nucom. Okay, I'm not in love. I'm in love with my husband. Yeah. But I like <laughs> Nucom. Way to walk that back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, Nucom is amazing. It is scientific evidence that you can go from sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight response, to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest. Just by listening to music, using some headphones, using a little bit of a cream, and boom, that's it. So it chills, chills you out. It chills you out. And I use it when um, I fly. I take it a lot when we travel because I hate flying. And heck, I did it a couple nights ago. I was super stressed out. There was a lot going on at one time. I had to juggle a lot of different things. And I did it before I went to bed. And Dave was putting our daughter to bed and came in. He's like, you were out. And I think I was in a zen, lying zen-like. <laughs> she had noise-canceling headphones on and like an eye mask. So it was like the only, you know, I think her nose and her, I think, yeah. I don't think you had lip tape on. I didn't but. have lip tape on, <laughs> but it was amazing. <laughs> And then you wake up and you feel so refreshed yeah. and ready to tackle the world. But so I just think the point there is that there are options besides laughing gas to, yes. to deal with anxiety going into a dental appointment. Yes. But, and listen uh, to future podcasts if you're interested on learning more about that. Yeah. Now, we've gone through some of the, the different ways and, and, and nuances about um, helping people get numb right. in a dental appointment. And I don't want to say this next thing is the nuclear option for for anesthetizing um because i think a probably lot of dentists do this every day though oh man that's that's amazing <laughs> um i think probably having somebody be IV sedated is probably the nuclear option like if yeah. you get your wisdom teeth out and you get put at put under yeah that's probably going all the way right um but this is just one step below that it is <laughs> <And> not <laughs> oh my gosh he's setting this up completely wrong well <laughs> okay so like she said there's the the nerve starts by your ear as one big trunk and then it branches into three smaller branches of nerves for your eye your upper jaw and your lower jaw three smaller ones and well there is a type of injection that can aim for that trunk before they all branch out into the three where right. you're actually aiming way back there basically by where your ear is so we get the but ear through, numb. but through your mouth right through your to, mouth to get there so why don't you tell the story of this patient that came in and then okay. we, and we can yeah okay this is one of my favorite patients he is still a patient to this day and this happened many 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 years ago but he came in and um he said well I have a cracked tooth and I, I need to get taken care of. I don't want it pulled. I don't want to do IV sedation. I just want someone to be able to get me numb. Um, you're, I think I was the fifth. Was I the fifth dentist? I think I was the fifth dentist that he had seen. And he said, no one can get me numb. And um, and so I need, I need some help. And in Nancy's experience, when people say that, it's probably like, well, okay, these other people couldn't get you numb. It doesn't mean you can't get numb. Right. <laughs> I'm very optimistic about it. I'm like, we'll figure something out. Everybody has a little chemical reaction that happens for each individual person. So I said, okay, let me see your anatomy. So he opens up, and I look in there, and I'm like, okay, I think we should be fine. So um, so that day, we tried. I did my typical thing. We didn't have the Tums routine or anything down. Like, he hadn't done any of that. So we did the carbocaine, the higher pH, and then the lidocaine. And he got a little bit numb. I think I started the prep, but we couldn't get through it. It was it was just too much. And, and he, he I was think feeling too much. He was feeling too much, and I didn't want to traumatize him. So I said, listen, we're going to send you home, and 
um, I'm going to look up something else. So I had, I had, um, I'm on a forum that is worldwide. And so I, we can get tips and tricks from all sorts of people from literally around the world, which is so cool. So I said, I'm going to go look on my forum and I'm going to see what people have to say. So I do that and they say, I, I do the gal gates and the gal gates is an injection where you basically, like Dave said, you go back by the ear and it gets all of that stuff numb. So it gets the ear. It even makes your hearing feel like a little fuzzy almost your eye, your top jaw, your bottom jaw, pretty much everything on the side of your head, um, including like the temporalis sometimes, sometimes even like you'll get a little bit on the right side of the eye where the temporalis muscle starts. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's getting everything numb and they're like, I would just do that. So I'm like, oh, okay. And, and then, and then uh, how long had it been since you'd done one? Oh, those? I did it one time in my life. In dental school. In dental school. Which, mm-hmm. which was how many years prior to that? Oh my gosh, like, I don't know. It was like 10 years before that. Yeah, I was in, I started down school in the 90s. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was a long time ago. <laughs> so I look it up and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh man, this is so stressful. Like, I really want to help this guy. He's so nice. And I want him to get his work done. I don't want him to have to get the teeth pulled and whatever. So so we're driving down the road one day uh, that weekend. So mm-hmm. he was going to come in on Monday. Right. right. I and think I saw him on a Friday and then we, the, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this is the weekend and I know nothing about any of this story. And we're just driving down the road and I can tell she's sort of stewing about something kind of anxious and I say hey what's uh what's going on you look a little stressed and and you said oh I got this patient and right and I said he you know I told him about the story about not getting numb and yada yada and at this time I was going through fertility treatment for our daughter so I literally had shots every single day either I get them to myself or Dave gave them to me and sometimes it was multiple a day so I was going through a lot to have a child yeah i was basically sticking over the needle two two to three really really bad two to three times a day well so she she tells me that she's got to do this crazy injection i haven't done it since dental school and i say so uh what what would make you feel better about it going into monday what 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 did you say i looked at you with a really nice smile and i said you know what would really help if i could practice And I don't, and I was driving, so I didn't really see the facial expression. But like in that moment, it was like, oh my gosh, I am injecting her with needles so much these days. Like, I can't not volunteer for this. So I said, honey, you can practice on me. Right. And so I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Thank you. It's gonna make me feel so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then fast forward, and that that night we're uh, sitting on the couch at home, mm-hmm. and we're watch- I'm watching TV, and Nance has the iPad on her lap, and She's watching a YouTube video, and I look over, and I'm like, oh, what are you watching? And uh, what would you say? Oh, just watching how to give this injection. She was watching a video <laughs> on YouTube for how to give the gal gates, and I'm like, oh, well, that's that's good. I'm glad you're looking that up before you practice that on me. That's great. Uh, All of my <laughs> patients listening to this should feel really confident that I never tested out on you guys. That's you right. Know? That's right. So then uh, the next day, so like Saturday or Sunday or whatever, we go into her office, and she sits me back in the chair. Mm-hmm. To, to do this practice thing and now she has her book from dental school out mm-hmm. and she sets it on my stomach and she's like she's like looking in her dental she's looking in the book and then she's sort of looking at my mouth and then she looks back in her book and then she's looking back in my mouth again <laughs> And And I'm like, there are people that have actual nightmares about this very situation. (laughs) And so I'm like, all right, all right, let's do this. And then, uh, so I I, I poke him, 
right? Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, okay. He's like, all right, is that it? And I was like, oh, no, I didn't really do anything. I was just testing where the spot was. And you're like, I, I need to... Oh, I need to practice, and I'm like, well, how many times are we talking? And you're like, I don't know, like four or five, and I'm like, but I wasn't injecting him with any kind of solution yet. I was you, just kind of feeling the landmarks on the one you did. But what yeah. was crazy about it is because you're aiming for like basically the my ear where my yeah. jaw upper jaw meets my ear. It was like I couldn't fathom how far back he had to go with that needle. It was like yeah, as was far as I could open my mouth. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um, but anyway, it worked. It worked. Uh, the practice it, worked. So then right. he, your patient comes in on Monday. He comes in that day. Yep. And, yeah. The next day. And, um, and I tell him the story and, and, you know, just to kind of make it a little jovial. And he thought that was pretty funny and gave it to him. It worked. Yeah. And we got through the procedure. Um, he's still a current patient. He's awesome. But we always laugh because that was one of the most awesome stories. And, and I think even like further down the road, this is a really long time ago. This is several years ago, even before we had our child. So probably like six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. But um, we ended up running into him at one point in time. And so Dave got to meet <laughs> this patient and it was a the pretty beneficiary of my <laughs> it was a pretty funny moment so um it was really cool though but yes there are very many ways to get people numb and there are many extremes and there are tricky little types of injections that we don't use every day but exist and have been tested and are in textbooks so there's a whole bunch of different ways um so if you can't get numb seek out these types of different things and research it and if your dentist doesn't know um those things and you aren't numb um maybe maybe find someone who is can do it you know because there's a lot of awesome dentists out there that are very very capable of knowing all these things yeah and, and everybody's anatomy is different uh, your exactly. diet can be different you know of course from a point you know from time to time right. and that can affect things and right there's a lot of factors that go into it exactly so to wrap things up, we hope that you learned a, a few things that maybe you didn't know about getting numb and how to stay numb and, and different tricks of the trade. We hope that um, you are empowered to get through any kind of anxious moments or any kind of anxiety that you might have about it because it really can be, I don't want to say enjoyable, but a pleasant experience going to the dentist and having dental work done. And um, there is a way to get past all of that. Yeah, where you can be comfortably numb. Comfortably numb. Oh, that's a better word than uncomfortably numb. That's great. <laughs> um, thank you all for listening to this particular podcast, and we hope that you join us for number six. Yeah. See you next time.